The Black Cats defense gave the Bearcats a golden opportunity to tie the game midway through the third quarter on Saturday, but the Red and Black could not keep the mustard off the field, squandering that golden opportunity. And that highlights today's Turning Point Tuesday. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, channel. Excuse me, now up to 509 subscribers in county. Thank you for everybody who listened last week and on Saturday night, Sunday morning, Monday morning, Monday night to the recap of the game from Saturday. My recap of the game, the Bearcats falling to Arkansas 31-24. to It is Tuesday, and that means it is Turning Point Tuesday. Every Tuesday during the season following the previous game, we take a look at the three to four biggest turning points of the game, as explained to me by WWT news anchor Mike Dardis. A football game can be decided in three to four plays, and I've got three to four moments in the game that are called turning points, and it turns into Turning Point Tuesday. So, the biggest turning point of the game, and I don't think this is undisputedly the biggest turning point of the game, but it is in my eyes. So, midway through the third quarter, the Bearcats are given the ball after a fumble recovery by Eric Phillips on the Arkansas three-yard line. The three-yard line. You had, the Bearcats had just scored a touchdown to get back into the game. It was 21-14. to now, the defense made a play, first turnover forced of the game. There is a lot of momentum on the Bearcats' side. All they have to do is punch in three yards to tie the game. Instead, the Bearcats back themselves up all the way back to the 15-yard line. They get back to the three, but then a delay of game pushes them back to the eight-yard line, and they're forced to settle for three. Biggest turning point in the game. Why? Because you had a golden opportunity to swing the momentum. Instead, they squandered a golden opportunity. And maybe those penalties were were a result of being excited that you had it. But you have to stay under composure. You can't get too giddy. You have to stay under composure. I know this is a new team. I know they're starting two new offensive. They started two new offensive linemen, Joe Huber, Gavin Gerhardt. But you have got to stay under composure. The Bearcats beat themselves in this game. And this drive was the epitome of that. Arkansas won this game because they were the more composed team. They were the more disciplined team. And they quite simply played better than Cincinnati. Remember, Luke Fickle always says, the better team, the best team won't necessarily win. It's the team who plays the best that will win. And Arkansas did that. Arkansas only had one turnover. The Bearcats had two. And of those two Bearcats turnovers, Arkansas capitalized them into 14 points. The Bearcats only scored three points off of the fumble when it should have been a clear seven. Russ Heltman and I were texting during the game. And Russ told me after that fumble, swing the momentum right here. 
And I was, I was amped up. I was thinking this game is going to be tied. And then who knows what's going to happen from here. Instead, the Bearcats were forced to settle for three, whether by Arkansas's defense or self-inflicted. You're left wondering what could have been. Had Cincinnati stayed under composure, could they have tied the game? And if Arkansas gets a goal line stand, tip your cap, move on. But just the opportunity and just the self-inflicted wounds that this team put on themselves, that is what cost them that drive, a chance to really swing the momentum. You had 76,000-plus fans silent, and you gave it back. It's not like they were even making a lot of noise when you had those penalties. All you had to do was just understand the situation, stay under composure, and this game could have been tied. I would have I I was certain the Bearcats were going to punch it in. Fourth and goal from the 3, I even felt confident they could still punch it in, but instead, they commit another penalty, delay of game, sets them back 5 yards, forced to settle for 3. And miraculously, they made the kick because their kicking game is still a problem more on that in segment 2. We'll never know If the Bearcats would have tied the game had they just stayed under composure and we'll never know how Arkansas would have responded if the Bearcats had tied the game. We'll never know. And that's sad because the Bearcats self-inflicted and prevented themselves an opportunity to tie the game. They did that in that situation and then the start of the fourth quarter, which could be viewed as equally as worse as the third quarter. The Bearcats had a 3rd and 14 conversion. Charles McClellan got all the way down to the one-yard line. Then there was a flag on Jeremy Cooper. Whether or not it was a hold, it could have been an illegal block in the back. Again, it was still a penalty, and it wiped out a 24-yard 3rd and 14 conversion that put the ball on the one-yard line. And the sad part about, and the worst part about that was, Ben Bryant was in rhythm. Ben Bryant, at that point, had put together two solid drives in the third quarter, and he was about to put together a third. He was. A third and four completion of Charles McClellan. After he missed a deep shot on a third and nine when he had a free play due to an due to an offsides by Arkansas's defense, or was it offsides? It was either an offsides, a neutral zone infraction, or an encroachment. So Cincinnati had all of the momentum. They were going to be at the one-yard line and just a simple run play away from tying the game. But instead, they were backed up into a third and 24. Ben Bryant misses on a throw over the middle to McClellan. 53-yard field goal attempt. But then the Bearcats committed a delay of game. And now they were forced to punt. Now, could they have called a timeout? Yes. But you have got to be aware. Last year's team, for as many struggles as they had in the kicking game, and if they committed too many penalties, which it felt like at times they did, last year's team was really good at playing situational football. They weren't in a lot of they weren't in a lot of key situations, but when they were, they more often than not rose to the occasion, closing out the game in Indiana, closing out the game in Notre Dame, closing the game out at excuse me Navy. All those times. When they were down, 
or needing to close out the game, they did. So you have to at least give yourself an opportunity to kick the 53-yard field goal. If it's no good, so be it. But you could have really put the pressure on Arkansas if you had made the field goal or if you hadn't even had to be backed up 10 yards. You could have been at the one-yard line. That game could have been tied. And eventually, Arkansas could have succumbed to the Bearcats numerous times punching back. Instead, that didn't happen. Arkansas then flip, Arkansas then gets the ball back on the one-yard line. Or no, I'm sorry. They are pushed back to the one-yard line after two straight sacks. But then K.J. Jefferson has about a 15-plus-yard run, you know, kind of gives them better field position. Ben Bryant and the Bearcats then get the ball back in Arkansas territory. Bryant then fumbles. Arkansas has a short field. They take advantage, go up 31-17. So Arkansas did win this game, and they were in control for most of this game. But the Bearcats had their opportunities. Just too many penalties. Way too many penalties. 10 penalties for 65 yards. So that's an average of 6.5 yards per penalty. Now, you can take that however you will. I'm still saying 10 penalties will add up. I don't care if it's 10 penalties for 30 yards. 10 penalties. 10 penalties. That's too many, too many yellow flags, too much mustard on the field. For a team that, yes, could have won this game. Now, did the Bearcats deserve to win this game? No. But if they hadn't had all those penalties, I think it was like six in between the third and fourth quarter. If they end that game with four penalties, I can say, yes, they deserve they deserve to win that game. And they probably maybe would have won the game. We'll never know, though. But self-inflicted wounds will not lead you to victories. They just won't. Coming up. Why the other turning points in this game were giant momentum killers will explain after a word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, which is gearing up for the pennant chase, MMA, boxing, heck, even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk some kickers. Newsflash, it's still an issue. You cannot miss a 25-yard field goal. When you're trying to get back into the game. End of the first quarter. Bearcats are in, are in business. Ben Bryant has led them down the field. Running game got going. They're inside the 10-yard line. And they, and they come away with zero points. 25-yard field goal attempt. It was actually 28. And Ryan Coe misses wide right. Not overly wide right. It was close, but still a miss. In that situation, you have an opportunity to be within 7-3 to three at the end of the first quarter. I would have gladly taken that. You're on the scoreboard in Fayetteville. You have momentum. You bounce back after your quarterback, your new quarterback replacing Desmond Ritter. 
throws an interception that leads to a touchdown. More on that in segment three. Instead, you come away with zero points, and the confidence was still shaken. This is why the kicking game is so important to any football team. I said it all offseason. If you listen, great. If you didn't, I'm going to say it again. This offense is not good enough, or I should say is not as good as last year's. And I don't think it's good enough, even in general this year, to overcome a bad kicking game. Those points do add up. Those points do add up. You know why? If that game is 31-23 instead of 31-17, Cincinnati's going for two after Bryant's second touchdown pass to Leonard Taylor in the fourth quarter. They're going for two. So in a way, the kicking game also cost Cincinnati this game. Penalties were a big factor in this game, but so too are two missed field goals. And how hard is it to kick a 28-yard field goal? Now then again, Brian Coe wasn't the only American Athletic Conference kicker to have a rough Saturday. If you saw the NC State-East Carolina game, ECU's kicker had a pretty rough day. I really hope he's doing okay. As I said, though, this offseason, this offense is not good enough to overcome a bad kicking game. Case in point, they did not get back into scoring range until the end of the second quarter. And then... Ryan Kill misses from 48. Hits the top of the upright. Great, he has a good leg. It was very reminiscent of Evan McPherson's miss against Green Bay that hit the flag. Still didn't go in. Arkansas took advantage, scored seven points off of it. Guys, this is not rocket science. Field goals will add up. I know it sucks when you have to settle for them because you want touchdowns. And you're playing to score touchdowns. But when you have to kick a field goal, you have to be able to rely on your kicker. Plain and simple. And I said, one of the players who will define this season, or maybe I said, I said either players who will define this season or seven steps to success. The kicking game must be better. I pounded my fist all offseason, and you could have overlooked it. You could have tuned me out, and that's fine. But but it, it came to the surface on Saturday. If Ryan Coe makes those two field goals, the Bearcats are going for two in the fourth quarter to tie the game. Just just think about that for a minute. So even amid all the penalties, because when you have a bad kick, when you have two missed field goals and 10 penalties, and you deserve to lose by a seven at least, you're lucky to lose this game by seven. Now, I know I said I'm encouraged by what I saw on Saturday, but in another way, in another way to look at it, if you... Um, excuse me, if you miss two field goals and have 10 penalties on top of that, and you only lose by seven, that's kind of getting lucky. That's kind of being fortunate, which maybe this team is. But the second missed field goal gave Arkansas seven points. It could have been seven to three. Instead, Arkansas takes over at their own 38. They go right down the field, 62 yards, score a touchdown, up 14 to nothing. The kicking game must improve. And here's the thing about kickers. You don't worry about them until the toilet starts leaking. Until they start missing. Because then it is an issue. Because I remember 2019. That kicking game was awful. I remember 2018. Awful. I remember 2021. Awful. And those are Bearcats teams that won at least 11 games in each of those seasons. 
and made the college football playoff in one of them. And the offense wasn't nearly as good in 2019. It was good in 2018. It was a little regressed in 2019. This offense is not good enough to overcome a bad kicking game. Because I guarantee you, when you play at Central Florida, you are going to have to score touchdowns. And if you don't, the way you stay in the game is you make your field goals. If you don't, it's going to play out just like the 2018 game did in, in Orlando. Bearcats missed two field goals and an extra point in the first half. It was 21-6 at halftime. It could have been 21-13. And 21-13 versus 21-6 is a huge difference. 21-23 and 31-17 on Saturday, a huge difference. Turning point Tuesday, the kicking game was absolutely a turning point. Because it added up costing the Bearcats a chance to go for two in the fourth quarter to tie the game in Fayetteville. Again, there are two ways to look at this game. And one of those is, this game could have been won. The other side is the Bearcats were fortunate to only lose this game by seven with two missed field goals and ten penalties. But this was a game they could have won. I thought Cincinnati played well at times. I thought they played really hard for 60 minutes. But they didn't play well enough to win. And what I mean by playing well enough to win is they weren't clean. They didn't give themselves the opportunity to win the game. And you know what? And Josh Wiley said it best after the game. The best part of, he said the best part about the game was that this loss was 100% us. And that they can fix it. And Luke Fickle echoed that sentiment. And the hope is that for the rest of the season... And there are still some marquee games on the schedule in terms of the conference Cincinnati plays in. It's not as marquee as Arkansas, but there are still some important games. You know, SMU and UCF, it's going to be, those are going to be difficult games. Houston in the championship game, and they escaped by the skin of their teeth against uh, UTSA. So there's still a lot of season left to be played, but a lot of things have to be cleaned up. But, but again, an encouraging effort. And knowing that the reason why you lost this game, if you're Cincinnati, is that it was on you specifically. Nothing Arkansas did. It was totally on the Bearcats. Coming up, for as good as Ben Bryan was on Saturday, one throw set the tone for a lackluster first half. You know where I'm going with this, and we'll get into it next after a word from two of our sponsors. So this is going to be a discussion not only that's going to continue this week, but it's going to continue for the rest of the season. I read the comments on our uh, recap YouTube video. You still want Evan Prater to start. I've seen it on social media. Let me tell you, it's not going to happen. The consensus now is, and a lot of us, I think, and I said this on Saturday, a lot of us were caught up in the hype of a highly touted local recruit starting for Cincinnati. That's great. But guess what? It's not happening this year. And if it does, then great. Ben Bryant has earned the starting job. His performance was incredibly admirable last week or Saturday. But there was one throw that he made. One throw that he made that set the tone for the first half. So the Bearcats have a ton of momentum on their first possession. They're in Arkansas territory. You're thinking they're at least going to come away with three. Then Ben Bryant is picked by, by McLaughlin. They took away a promising start. And I think it honestly knocked Ben Bryant's confidence down. The rest of the first half, Ben Bryant 
really wasn't taking many chances down the field. He did overthrow Tyler Scott twice, or at least once. He overthrew two receivers on one possession. That could have been touchdowns. But a lot of the rest of the first half was a run-first approach, and I just didn't think Ben Bryant wanted to push the ball down the field. I don't think I think his confidence was shaken, and that's okay. Like the the interception that he threw, it was a it was an out route pattern to the Bearcats sideline. That's a hard throw to make, and the cornerback was sitting right there. But when I think about <clears throat> the start of the game, Cincinnati forces a three and out, or, or I'm sorry, a punt, and they get the ball and they're driving. Ryan Montgomery's getting going. You know, the run game is, has a nice rhythm. Ben Bryant's completing some passes to Josh Wiley. And then he's intercepted. And it gave Arkansas seven points. For a while, the first half was evenly matched. Arkansas just had the lead because they were given a short field. And when you have a running quarterback in KJ Jefferson, a dynamic quarterback, dual threat, and you give a team a short field, they're going to take advantage of it. But if you're Ben Bryan, you have to learn that you're going to make those mistakes. Desmond Ritter made plenty of mistakes trying to force the ball. And later on in his career, it never wavered him. He kept coming back for more. That's what Ben Bryan has to do. Now, this was his first game back in the American Athletic Conference, playing against an SEC team. He's not used to playing this, this good of a team. His performance was better than his last start in the 2019 regular season finale at Memphis. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, it was the only bad play of the day. He had some overthrows. Those can get corrected. Joe Burrow had plenty of overthrows in his first start with the Bengals. But that interception took away a lot of momentum Cincinnati had. Arkansas took the lead. The Bearcats did come back down. That was the missed field goal, the first one. But if you're... If you're Ben Bryant and you're Cincinnati, like you have to continue to stay aggressive, especially in games like that. I thought the Bearcats' play calling was aggressive. I liked it for the most part. I thought Ben Bryant just was a little shaken after that interception. His confidence wasn't there in the first half. In the second half, it was there. The second half was really, really good in terms of confidence. But let's not kid ourselves. Okay? That was not a good throw. And it flipped the entire momentum over to Arkansas. He gift-wrapped Arkansas seven points. The Bearcats gift-wrapped Arkansas 21 points in this game. 14 off turnovers, one off of a, of a missed field goal. And 21 to 31 points, that adds up. And the interception set the tone for what was going to be a lackluster first half. Like, there were questions. I'm texting with Russ and James Rapine, and I'm saying, all right, put Nevin Prater. I've had enough of this. But Luke Fickle stayed with Ben Bryant, and it paid off in the second half. It really did. And that gives me confidence going forward against Kennesaw State this Saturday, against Miami, against Indiana, against Tulsa, and all the other teams the Bearcats play in the American that he's going to be able to lead this team to victories. He, do, he really does. And he's going to make more mistakes. But he, but every time, but in the second half, when he threw for, you know, over 230 yards or over 200 yards, 
he kept the Bearcats in the game. Like a reason why the Bearcats had an opportunity to win this game was because of Ben Bryant. But the Bearcats dug themselves a hole in the first half. Two missed field goals and an interception that knocked the confidence out of Ben Bryant. And for a quarterback making his first start in, for the Cincinnati Bearcats in three years and doing it on the road in Fayetteville, that I can understand if that, if that shook his confidence. But that cannot happen again. It can't. Because you cannot let one interception doom a first half. A lot of self-inflicted wounds in this game for Cincinnati that were turning points in the game, but a lot that can be corrected, and I think it, and I think it will be, especially Ben Bryant's interception. That has to, has to, you know, it cannot shake the confidence of him. When I think about that interception, that's what it did, because the Bearcats were in rhythm. Bryant was in rhythm. And it took him until the second half to get into rhythm once again. Now, obviously, when you, when you go into halftime, you have more time to make adjustments. But in-game, because what if that happens in the fourth quarter? Now, he did fumble in the fourth quarter. He came back next possession and let a touchdown drive that ended with a touchdown to Leonard Taylor. But what's going to happen? What's going to happen if he throws a pick in the fourth quarter of a you know important conference game? He's got to immediately put that behind him and still take shots down the field. This offense will allow you to do that. You saw it with Nick Mardner. You saw it with Tyler Scott, Charles McClellan, the wheel route, which is indefensible in Cincinnati's offense. There are a lot of guys on this team who are willing to streak down the field. And if Bryant can get them the ball, this offense can be really hard to stop, especially with the run game that will get going. But at the end of the day, Brian has to be willing to shake off mistakes and still be aggressive. That's how you that's how you be good at quarterback in college and in the NFL. You'll make a mistake by throwing the ball down the field. That's fine. Or, you know, trying to hit an ambitious out route. But you have to put that behind you and come back and keep taking shots against a secondary that did not have a great day in Arkansas. Instead, that interception, as I said, set the tone for a first half that was conservative, that was, you know, tough to watch offensively if you're Cincinnati. Ben Bryant was only sacked two times, or was it three, two or three times? I think it was three times. Not bad, but, it, but Ben Bryant's confidence was shaken clearly off that interception. Another big turning point in the game. On tomorrow's show, uh, hoping to have Justin Williams on for Williams Wednesday, but if not, we've got our film review of the game. If Justin does come on tomorrow, that'll shift the film review to when or Thursday. Of course, on Friday, game preview, looking ahead to the home opener against Kennesaw State. That game will kick off at 3.30 on ESPN Plus and 700 WLWN 1027WEBN. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combining into one NFL, Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever 
you get your podcast. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, now up to 509, 509 subscribers and counting. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. This has been Turning Point Tuesday. Back tomorrow with either Williams Wednesday or the film review of the game at Arkansas. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. Stay healthy wherever you are. For Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day.